1 Samuel 14, if you could open your Bibles. Um, we're going to read from the Bible together. Can you guys see that? Um, you could read along with me. All right, 1 Samuel 14. Uh, One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeh in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son, Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. Ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone within the rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side. Did I skip something? Within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side. The name of one was Bazes, and the name of the other, Sene. The one crag rose on the north in front of Michmash, and the other in the south in front of Geba. Such hard words. Just had to pick this passage, right? Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Let's pray. God, I thank you that um, you are coming today, God, number one, to show us that you are with us, God, but to show us, God, that we can be with you, God, that we can give you all of our heart and our soul and our strength, and God, we can live a life of being with you, God, of being for you, God, living a life bigger than ourselves, God, to give our life to something bigger. Lord, I pray that you would give us open hearts, open ears, and Lord, would you use these words, Scott, to speak to your people. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. 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 All right. So we're in 1 Samuel 14, right? And we see that um, the Philistines are there and Jonathan's there and Saul's there and all these people are there. Um, I just want to give you some context just to kind of build the picture of what's going on, okay? Um, so if you know Saul, he was the first king of Israel, right? He just got uh, ordained king crown king, um, and he decides after he's crown king to just go pick a fight with, like, the biggest, baddest dudes that were there, okay? So the Philistines at the time were, like, the biggest, baddest dudes, okay? And the only way I could really, like, like, the way that I can, like, understand is, like, I'm, I'm a sports guy, right? So this is going to be my sports reference. I got to have one, right? Um, any Warriors fans in here? Okay, not that excited. <laughs> Today is also their last home game of the regular season in Oracle, if you guys care at all, but <laughs> it feels so sad. No one's excited. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so it's like if, if, like, I don't know, like some lowly team, I don't know, like the Lakers or something, picked a fight with the Warriors, right? <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just picking random teams. I don't know, right? Um, and it's like if the Warriors or the Lakers team, like, picked a fight with, like, I don't know, the Warriors backup team or something. Right, they pick a fight and then they win, and they're like, "Yeah, in your face, we're so good, right? We're we're owning the Warriors." And so Saul, he's like gloating that he beat the Philistines, right? One outpost, it's like one outpost that they have, right? And then he's like spreading the word. The word gets out, like the Israelites are the stench in the nose of the Philistines, or something like that, right? 
And so the Philistines, they get word. And of course, they're not going to like take it, right? So they gather up their army. So it says Saul had 3,000 men, okay, with him. And he didn't even fight. He sent 1,000 with Jonathan, and Jonathan actually did all the fighting. And then Saul's gloating. And then the Philistines, they gather an army. It says 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and foot soldiers like the sand on the seashore, okay? So I don't know if you guys seen like 300. You know how like they bring that army and it's just like, or like Lord of the Rings or something, right? They just bring the army. It's just like you just can't see the end. Like that's what I imagined, right? And so uh, when the Israelites see that this enormous army is coming, what do they do? They just run away, right? Uh, they all go and hide. And so they all go and hide. They disperse. They run. Um, Saul is chilling in caves, right, because he can't handle it. Um, there's only 600 people left with them, okay? And it's so funny. Like, uh, sometimes when you read the Bible, it's like, it's just so funny. Like, at the end of that story, it's like, every, and everyone ran away. And then at the very last part of chapter 13, it says, and also, there was no blacksmith in Israel. So no one had swords, okay? Everyone was just carrying their, like, farming or whatever tools that they had, right? That's all they had, okay? And so that was like 3,000 of them holding those things, and no one, there was no blacksmith at all except for Saul and Jonathan, right? And it says at the end that if they wanted to sharpen their tools, they had to go to the Philistines to get it sharpened. It's like, man, you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? So it's just funny. So that's like the context of where we're at now. And so, like, everyone is scared, and everyone had run away, okay? But Jonathan's a little different. Like, Saul is scared, and he's, like, hiding. But Jonathan's a little different, okay? He's, like, one of those crazy dudes that you don't want to mess with on the street, okay? Um, Jonathan, he sees, obviously, this whole army, and he's like, you know what? This is not okay. I'm not going to take this sitting down, right? I don't know if you have those friends where it's like, like, you can be up against, like, 20 dudes, and he's still going to be, you know, talking smack or whatever, right? You got to, like, worry about them. But while the Philistines rose up, Jonathan was like, no, I'm not going to take this. So he says, come on, to the guy who carries his armor, right? He's like, let's go. Like, we got to go and fight these dudes, right? And this is what he says. He says, it may be that the Lord will work for us, okay? Maybe. It's not even, like, a guarantee. He's not like, like, God spoke to me. And he said, victory is in your hand. He's like, he might come on our behalf. I don't know. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. But this thing I know, right? God can do it. And he could do it with many or by few. Right? He's like one of those crazy guys with the crazy faith. Okay? And it's like the crazy, like, like the active faith, right? It's like... For some of us, it's like we know God can do it, yeah. right? You see someone who's like in a wheelchair. You see someone who's like hurt or obviously it's like you're like, oh, I know God can heal them. Yeah. Oh, but not today. Yeah. Not me, though. <laughs> like Amy will play for them and then they'll get healed, but not, not me, right? It's like Jonathan was that guy who was like, no, I have the faith. I believe. And also I'm going to do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if God's not going to do it. I'm going to do it, right? It's that level of faith. Okay, Jonathan didn't hear anything, but he was willing to do it. And so this armor bearer, right? Armor bearer is basically, I mean, is literally just a guy who carries Jonathan's armor. Okay, and also he doesn't have a sword because Jonathan's the only one that has a sword. So he carries his armor, he carries his sword, right? He's just a guy who's required to walk around with him. He doesn't do anything. And this is what he says to him. He says, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you. 
heart and soul. Right? There's a crazy guy who has crazy, ridiculous faith. And then this other guy who has crazy, ridiculous faith in this other guy. Right? Heart and soul, it means your heart, your emotions, your will, your mind, your understanding, everything that you are, everything that is with you, right? Everything that I am, just do it, and I'm going to be with you. It's one thing to, like, receive the word from God and have the conviction yourself, but it's another thing when you're, like, you're not the one, and someone wants to do something crazy, and then you're like, okay, I'm with you. Just the same, right? Um, I have a bunch of friends in college. Uh, You guys probably know them. Uh, Mickey, Chris, Jason, you know. Um, Back in the day, we used to do, like, some crazy stuff. Um, And that's just, like, how we bonded, you know? It's, like, that's, like, the type of relationship we had. I remember one time, it's, like, 10.30 p.m., and I remember, I forget who it was, but I think it was like Chris. He's like, yo, so you want to go to Missions Peak? <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know where Missions Peak is, but it's like Fremont. It's like, like a three-hour hike up into the hills, right? And for some reason, he's like, yo, let's just do it. Let's go to Missions Peak. And for some reason, we were like, yeah, let's do it. 10.30 p.m., let's do it, right? And so we go, and it's like, of course, as soon as we start walking, it's like, like 10 minutes into it, we're like, dude, why did we do this? This is, this is like the dumbest thing I've ever done. But we're like, you know what? We're going to do it because Chris said he wanted to do it. We're going to do it. And so three hours we walk up there, right? It's like 1.30 a.m. in the morning. It's like crazy. And then Chris is like, yo, let's run down the hill. Wow. It's, so, it's like not hot, right? It's, it's so cold. Let's just do it. And we should have said, Chris, come on, like, just, we just walked three hours. Let's just walk down. We were like, let's do it. Let's do it, right? For some reason, we were down to do it, and we ran. And I remember halfway down, like, obviously, it's dark. You can't see anything, right? I, like, trip, of course. I'm the one. I trip, and I fall, and I roll my ankle super bad. And I'm like, guys, I think I broke my ankle. They're like, oh, no. But we still got to go down the hill, though. <laughs> So for the, like an hour and a half, I had to like limp down the hill, right? And it was just like so dumb and so silly. But like there was something, I don't know, I look back on that time and I can think like, man, that was such a dumb thing. But I look at it and I'm like, man, you know what? It was so cool that we had people that were like, let's just do it. Like, let's just do it, you know? This is something about being with someone who's like, hey, I'm with you. I'm down. I'm down, right? It's so sad when you're like, hey, hey, let's like go do this. And then everyone's like, mm. So get some Jamba Juice, and you're like super hyped, and they're like, yeah. You know, it's not that exciting, right? When you're with someone, they're like, I'm with you. Let's do it. I'm with you, heart and soul. There's something that happens, right? Something different. And it's so interesting because after this, right, they go. He's like, I'm with you, heart and soul, and so they go, right? And so they go to this, like, camp. It's like all these armies that are there, and Jonathan, he's like, he's the crazy guy. He's Chris, right? He's like you know what, we're going to wait and see what they say. If they say, if they say, oh, no one saw that. If they say, we'll go down to you, then we'll stay and we'll wait. But if they say, come up to us, it'll be a sign, right, that God has delivered them into our hands. It doesn't make any sense because they're up on a hill, right? There's already a lot of them. It's going to be hard to climb up there to get to them. But Jonathan's like, if they say that, it's a sign from God, right? 
And so they go, it says that they were crawling on their hands. Well, they get there, and then they're like, yeah, come on up here. Like, we'll show you what we got. And so he, he says they're climbing with their hands and their feet, okay? Like, just imagine, like, there are these guys with, like, swords and spears, and they're, like, waiting for you, and you're, like, climbing up, and this armor bearer has to, like, carry all of his stuff, and he's climbing, right? It's just such a ridiculous scene. It doesn't make any sense. But it says that as soon as they get up there, right, something happens where Jonathan just starts, like, just killing them dudes, right? It doesn't make any sense. And then the armor bearer gets up there. Mind you, he doesn't have a sword. He has nothing. And it says he starts killing them dudes, right? And it's, like, so crazy and so bizarre. And then it says there's, like, shaking and quaking and there's panic. And, like, people don't know what's going on. And everyone just starts running away. Can you imagine, like, there's these just two guys? Just imagine, like, Frodo and Sam. They're, like, going into Mordor, right? It's just the two of them. And they get there. And they're, like, fighting these, like, two little, you know, Little guys, right? Hobbits. And then, like, all the armies of mortars just, like, running away, right? It's just, it, just make, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's just this supernatural thing. And all we can say is, man, like, God came through. It's crazy, right? It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. And I don't know why. Like, this story always, it's just, like, I love this story. And it's, it's like, I think if I saw it in, like, a movie, it could be, I don't know, I, I imagine it in like some epic scene like 300 or like Lord of the Rings or something, right? Like that's just what I imagine. But it's interesting because like when I think of the story, the part that like gets my heart like riled up is not when Jonathan's like, come let us go. Like the Lord can deliver by few or by many, right? It's the part when the armor bearer is like, I'm with you. Do everything that's in your heart. Do everything that's in your heart. Do what you wish. I'm with you heart and soul. I'm with you heart and soul. And like, as PB's like t- talking to us in this like preaching class, I'm just like turning that phrase. He's like, what is like a story that's so important to you? What's a verse that's really like, like makes your heart burn? And I'm like, there's a story, but I, I don't really know why. I don't really get it. I don't really understand why. And as I was like turning that in my heart, I realized I'm with you heart and soul. It sounds very similar to something else that I've heard in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's like all of us have heard of, right? In Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah. with all your soul, and with all your strength. Right? Mm. Basically, it's, God, I'm with you. Yeah. With heart and soul, right? Yeah. And then Jesus, he, 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 he quotes that because the Pharisees are asking him, like, what's the greatest commandment? Mm. And Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your yeah. soul, with yeah. all your strength. Yeah. And also, second, like it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and I was just, like, thinking about that. It's like, you know, like, if you can, if you can condense, like, what the Christian faith, like, God calls us to do, it's to love God and it's to love people, right? It's to love God and it's to love people. And it's like, what does it look like to say, God, I'm with you, heart and soul? And to say to the people around you, I'm with you, heart and soul, right? And so I just want to talk about that a little bit today. I just want to talk about what does it look like to say to God, God, I'm with you. I'm with you heart and soul. And what does it look like to say to the people around us in our community here, right? To walk into this place and say, I'm with you. I'm with you heart and soul. Yeah. What does that look like? All right, so we're going to talk about God, I'm with you heart and soul. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And I'm just going to just share a couple things. I think it's, it's, there's four things. So the first one is to remember his love. Okay? 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he loved us first, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? He loved us so much that even in our, disp- even in our distance and our farness from God, even in our sin and our wretchedness, yeah. he was willing to come to make a way for us, right? He loves us, right? He is our father. He loves us like his children, right? He loved us so much he was willing to send his son to die, right? God is love. He is like the definition of love. Second thing is receive his love, okay? So once you know his love, you have to be able to receive it. Like to know it and to receive it is different, right? First John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, right? He has this great love for us, and it's like towards us, but we have to be able to receive it, right? To know it, to know him as Father. It's not enough to be like, God, I, I see that you love me, but it's to know God, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm loved by you. Right? Number three, now that he's given me his love and I know his love, is to give my love. It's to give it back to him. Okay? When it says, I'm with you heart and soul, I mean, really what it's talking about is to give you my everything. And what that looks like to me is like your presence. Right? To give you my everything means to give you my presence. It's interesting because when God first loves us, he sends his son. Right? So that we would, he would walk among us. Right? And then Jesus, he dies on the cross for our sins so that we could be with him eternally. Right? And then he sends the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be our helper, to know him so that we can know him. Right? Like God's love for us, the way he shows us his love is by being present with us, by showing his presence to us. Right? The way that we love God, it's the same way. It's to be present with him. It's not just to know him in our minds, but to be present with him. Okay, And the crazy thing is, is as we love him and as we spend our time with him, as we're in his presence, we actually become more like him, right? We become more like him, and we actually are able to love better because of his love. And the last thing is to obey his commands, okay? To be blameless, to guard your heart, to be pure. What does it look like to be with God, heart and soul? It's to obey his commands, right? I talked about earlier about, like, that active faith, right? There's like the active faith and the absent faith. Active faith is like Jonathan where he's like, if I'm going to do it, right? I'm, I've made a decision. I'm going to do it. God, if you speak and you command, I'm going to do it, yeah. right? The absent faith is like, I hear your voice. Let me think about that. <laughs> Let me get back to you, yeah. right? A lot of us, we hear the voice of God and we feel the tugging. Right? How many of you guys like, are like, doing your daily lives and then you see someone or you, you're like, doing something and you just like, feel that tug in your heart like, and you know, man, like, God is like, tugging me, right? Um, but how many of us like, are active to just be like, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey. Right? I'm going to move on it. How many of us are more like, ooh, that's really uncomfortable. Like God can use somebody else and he can do it with or without me, with few or many. Right? Man, if I give God my everything, if I give him my heart and soul, then I can, com- I can obey. I can, be- I can obey his voice. I can move on that inkling, right? When push comes to shove, like, what do you really believe? There was one time I was hanging out with my cousin, and uh, we were just hanging out with some of his college buddies. And they had just started a business. Um, they're out in Berkeley. And I remember I was just, like, hanging out with them, so I just decided to go. And, like, I've never met these guys before, and they were just talking, and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I work for a church. I'm like a pastor there. And they're like, oh, what? That's like so interesting. You're so young. 
For some reason, I get that all the time. Like, people expect that pastors are, like, these old people, I guess. But they're like, oh, you're so young. That's so, that's so interesting. And, and then, like, they were like, you know, like, what, what made you want to do that? Or, like, what made you? And I just, like, knew in that moment, like, I could just be like, oh, you know, like, I grew up in church all my life. And, you know, I just am excited about this. I could have shared, like, a very generic, like, not very personal story and just moved on, you know. And I honestly, already for me, like just talking to people sometimes about faith, it's like, uh, I don't know how to navigate because like, I don't want to be offensive. Like, but he's like asking me. And so I just, I just knew like this was a moment. So I remember I shared like, oh, you know, like growing up, I always struggled with like feeling loved. I always felt insecure just about being accepted by people. But you know, like, like I met God and he like showed me this love that I can't explain. And it changed my life. Like I felt so secure. I felt so loved. And, like, he never, like, that feeling never went away. And, like, my, my desire now is to, like, show people that love, too. Yeah. Right? Like, that love is for everybody. And I could see on his face. And, like, it wasn't long, right? It wasn't, like, something crazy. But I just saw on his face, like, there was something, like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just didn't really think about it that much. Uh, but a couple weeks later, I get a message on Facebook. Right? And it's the same dude. He's like, hey, you know, like, I remember that conversation I had with you, and, like, I don't know why, but there's just something about what you said that just, like, I don't know, it did something in my heart. I don't know why, right? And, and he just started sharing with me. He's like, can I meet with you? Can I just, like, sit and talk with you for a second? I know this might be a little weird. We don't know each other, but, like, can we just meet up sometime? I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, so we meet up, and he just, like, starts, like, sharing. The, like, I don't know this guy, you know, and he's just, like, sharing. He's like, I grew up in the church, actually. And I was really hurt by the leadership there. You know, I just felt so rejected. I felt so unwanted. And uh, when I went to college, like, I just, like, left all that behind, you know. And I just kind of went the other direction, lived my life the way I wanted to. And, like, when you share for the first time, like, I don't know why. I just felt something in my heart, like, with God. And, like, this literally, like, this, like, couple moments of just me, like, being like, okay, God, I think this is you. Let me just, like, like follow your lead. Like, it became this opportunity for this other guy, right? And then I just spoke to him, and I was like, you know, like, this is who God is, and he loves you. And he's actually pursuing, and you know that feeling that you had in your heart? It's God. He's, like, moving on your heart. He's, like, drawing you because he wants to be with you. You know, I just had an opportunity just to minister to him. And it was crazy, like, just how he opened his life, right? And so long story short, just to, like, share what happened, he ends up going back to that church that he grew up in. He goes back to the leaders that he felt hurt by and he like repented to them and he's like you know I've had this bitterness in my heart towards you like will you forgive me and then they in turn were like dude like I didn't know right all this stuff like will you forgive me and there was this like crazy reconciliation and like like even now he's a leader there right he's like serving he like rededicated his life to the Lord and it's like that one moment I could have been like uncomfortable don't talk about God you know it could have just been me like just me like wanting to be comfortable and being like, uh, you know, like, I, I'm going to leave this alone and just share, like, something easy for the ear, right? Um, but I just, like, felt like I needed to obey, right? And it's this crazy thing when you're like, God, I'm with you, and when I walk with you, right, it's this, like, beautiful thing of, like, God showing you what he's doing, right? And that you can partner with him. Like, for me, I didn't walk away feeling like, man, I'm so tired that I had to meet with this random guy, you know, it was like, dude, that is amazing. That's like the most beautiful thing, right? To see restoration, to see God encountering his people, right? 
But that's what happens when we're with him heart and soul, when we obey his voice. I'm with you heart and soul. I want to talk about, I'm with you heart and soul in this community, right? Jesus says the second command is the same, is similar to this, right? Uh, so love your neighbor as yourself. What does it look like to be in a community and to make your heart's cry be, I'm with you heart and soul? And I feel like this armor bearer, his story is like so interesting. Like he doesn't have a name. Okay, so there's another guy in this, like there are all these names that I couldn't really read, right? And one of their names is Ichabod. It's a random name. It's just like there, he has no part in the story, but he says his name. His name means like the, the, glory have God, the glory of God has departed from Israel, which is so sad, right? It's this random dude. Has, this guy, like this armor bearer doesn't even have a name. He's like a nobody, right? But like what he does is speaks volumes on, what, on, what we can, on how we can live. I'm with you heart and soul, right? So I just want to share like some practical things for us here, Okay. So the first way to live, I'm with you, heart and soul, in your community is to have awareness, okay? And what do I mean by awareness? Let me say this. Like, if something is very important to you, or if someone is very important to you, like, you're very mindful of what they're doing, right? Like, if you're in love with somebody, like, wherever they are, like, you're, you're aware of their presence. Or, like, for parents, if you have kids, it's like, you'll be talking to someone, but, like... Like, you have another eye that's just, like, following them around in the room, right? It's because, like, you're just so aware of, like, what they're doing, right? So, like, just some questions, right? Do you know who's sitting around you? Are you aware of the people that are sitting around you? Who are your neighbors, okay? Who are the people that are in this community? Do you even know them, okay? Do you remember their faces? Do you remember their name? Okay? There's a story that Pastor Benjamin shared with us. Um, well, basically... Like, at the end of one of the sermons, this gentleman comes up to him, and he's like, hi, Pastor Benjamin, like, I've been with you guys for three months, and today's my last day. Mm-hmm. Pastor Benjamin's like, oh, wow, like, man, I'm so sorry to hear that you're leaving. And he's like, yeah, I'm going back to Africa. Like, I was here for business for three months, and I'm going back now. And he's like, I just want to share this with you because I care about you, and I feel like God is doing something crazy and amazing in this place. But I've been here for three months, and not a single person said hello, not even a hello to me. No one came up to me and even greeted me one time. And he's like, I just, I'm just sharing with you because I care about you, right? And there could be other people here where that, like, really discourages them and pushes them away, right? But, like, for us to know and be aware, like, who are your neighbors? Who are the people that are in this room? Do you even know them? Do you even know their face? There's another story that I heard, right, where it's like, uh, I guess there's a newcomer and they came um, and they said, they met someone and the person's like, oh, are you new? They're like, oh, what's your name? And then they greeted them. And then the next week, they came back. And it's the same person. They're like, oh, are you new? Have I been, what's your name? It's like, uh. So it's like, okay, they probably don't remember, right? But this happened like 10 times. Okay? And after 10 times, you're kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, I did, this with, I did this dance with you like 10 times. Like, how, like do you really not remember? But, like, that kind of speaks... Something about, like, like, the fact that they really don't care that much, yeah. right? Like, there's something so different about, man, like, um, I, like wh- are you new? Like, wh- but, or if you, they come in and you're like, oh, hey, like, I remember you, right? There's something different about that, right? Like, are you aware of the people around us? Can you be less aware of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can be more aware of the people around yeah. you, 
I just see people like looking around there, right? So are you aware, right? Are people around you struggling? Um, are people around you filled with joy? Right? Are people around you experiencing God? Do people around you need prayer? Like just these types of things, right? Are you just aware of these things or do you just come, just encounter God by yourself and then go home? Right? What's the point of community if you aren't aware of the people around you? Yeah. Second thing is to be intentional. Like when I look at this armor bearer, this unnamed armor bearer, he didn't just show up that day and when he heard Jonathan say, come, let us go, right? Um, God, God may or may not be with us, but he can save us. Let's do it. Let's fight these guys. I don't think the armor bearer was like, in that moment, hmm, okay, let's see. Is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? Right? I think the armor bearer actually was like, I really am with this guy. No matter what comes out of his mouth, like I'm with him. Right? He made a decision beforehand. He's like, I'm going to do this. Not like he didn't know ahead of time like that he was going to do this, but it's like I'm with Jonathan, and I'm with him, and like my heart and soul, like that passion was probably not there that day. Like it wasn't like he was, oh, I'm aware of this today. But it's like I'm, I, I'm choosing to do this, yeah. right? And so what I mean by like be intentional, I think the first thing is like you come and you make a decision. Like I'm going to be present here in this community, right? Like I'm part of a small group here. This is my shout-out to my group, the Call-Out Crew, okay? Um, we're, we're called the Call-Out Crew because uh, we love to call each other out on stuff, right, on all the foolishness, right? Um, but we also, we said, you know, it's fun and, and games, but we also want to call out, like, the God things in each other, right? So we also want to call out and, and call out the things that God are doing. So, like, that's our name and that's what we do. But it's interesting because, like, if you've seen us around, like, you might have thought, like, oh, man, like, these guys are so tight. Like, what happened there? Right? Like, we have this bond. And it's so interesting because, like, to be honest, if we were in, like, I think if we were in any other place, I don't know if we would have been so tight. Yeah. Right? Like, just being really honest. Right? Like, we're not similar. We don't all have the same interests. Right? We didn't grow up with the same background. Like, we're just so different. But for some reason, there's, like, something about us that makes us connected, you know? And I honestly really think it's because on day one, I remember we met, and I remember we sat and we had this conversation. It was like, you know what, guys? We could sit here and we can just, like, be surface level. And we'll spend an hour and a half, and it'll be okay. And then we'll go home. And then we'll just think, man, what a waste of time. And then we'll come maybe next week. And then the week after, we'll be like, ah, I don't know if I want to go to this. Yeah. Right? But I remember I was like, you know what? Let's just, like, do this. Yeah. Let's go deep. Let's, like, make a decision today mm. that, like, we'll be here. And not only will we be here, we'll, we'll call each other out. We'll get foolish with one another. But also we'll go deep with one another. Let's just do it. Mm. Right? And I remember we made that decision. And ever since then, it's like there was a connection. Mm. <laughs> and it wasn't based on, like, something that I am uh, familiar with or I enjoy your presence or anything like that, but it's like, no, we made a decision to do it, right? The armor, armor bearer, he made a decision, like, I'm going to follow Jonathan, right? He didn't have to. He could have run away. Everyone else was hiding, right? But he decided to stay. I guess my question is, like, can you come and make a decision to be here in this community and to say, I'm here, right? I'm going to do this, right? Be intentional by giving your time, Right? You know when you, like, meet someone new, 
there's like that period of like weird, uncomfortable, uh, surface level, I need to try to get to know you, like I don't know what to talk about, like moment, right? Um, but even in that moment, like can you ask one more question? Like can you just remain for another five minutes? Right? Can you be intentional about like, carving that space? Right? Like the thing is like for the things that we love, like we always make time. There's like 80-something games for the Warriors in a year. I somehow make time like, to watch almost all the games. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, sorry, I don't have time. To, but I, oh, I have time to watch the Warriors. Wow, look at that, you know? If you're like, if you really like something, like you make time. Like how many of us like spend time on Netflix, right? How many of us spend time on social media, right? Like are you able to carve out your time and to say, like with these people here, like I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give you my time. Even a smile, right? Like, do you smile when you come in here? <laughs> you know, they actually did a study where uh, they, like, talked to people going on hikes, right? And then they had one person to go up on the hike, and they had that person smile at every single person uh, going up on the hike. Right? They didn't say anything. They just smiled, right? And then they had another person go up. Well, that was one day. And so they interviewed everyone that came down the hill after this guy went up, and they're like, oh, how did you feel about this hike? And they're like, oh, you know what? Like, it was so good today. Like, there's just something about this hike. It's just like, I felt good, right? Like, majority of the people were like that. And then they had another person the next day go, and like, instead of smiling, they were like, I don't know if they like frowned, but they didn't really look at them. They just kind of like ignored them. And, uh, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, it was just whatever. Like, it was tiring. But like, something about like smiling, it just like changes like people's atmosphere. I don't know what it is, right? Can you smile? <laughs> Honestly, okay, and this one, I'll, I'll just be honest, like this one's a hard one for me. Not because I don't like to smile or I don't like you, but it's like when I'm here, a lot of times I'm like just doing stuff, yeah. right? And there have been times where I literally just walk by people and like out of the corner of my eye, I see their face like, like moving with me and I'm like, oh shoot, they saw me. And I just wasn't even aware. No, it's not like I was ignoring them, but it's like, dude, I just was not even aware like of them because I'm just like thinking about the stuff. Right? But if I could just even take a moment, right, and just be like, hey, it's good to see you, right? Like, what would that be like? Use your words, right? Talk to people. Yeah. You know, the armor bearer, he was like, I'm with you, heart and soul. He like said that to Jonathan, yeah. right? He could have just been like, okay, I'm going. But he's like, do everything in your heart. There's something that he said that like changed the way that Jonathan felt. He's like, I'm with you. I'm with you, heart and soul, right? Like, are you able to communicate little things? There's a guy who used to come and speak for us. And he's like, my motto in life is within the first 10 seconds of me meeting you, I always will say something, I'll comment on something about you. Like something that I like, or like I'll, I'll like comment on the, what they're wearing, or I'll say something about their hair, or I'll, say, I'll just say something, and I'll just like comment to them, right? Like in the first 10 seconds. And he's like, you'll be surprised at how like much that just changes people. Like when you're able to speak to them, when you're able to encourage them, right? Sharing one thing that you notice, right? Like for us, we always, well, we used to do this, but in our CG, we always used to end the night by, like, like encouraging one person, right? And you just feel, like, feeling something different, mm-hmm. right? Nothing's changed, but when, like, something, like, is spoken to you that's encouraging, like, something changes, right? Uh, prayer. Yeah. When someone is struggling, I, remember, I know, like, we do this a lot. It's like, oh, man, like, that sounds really hard, man. I'll pray for you. <laughs> and then you go home, and then you forget, right? Yeah. But what if you just, like, they're, like, going through something, they're sharing, and you're like, yo, let me pray for you right now. 
Like, what would it look like if we're like, let me just pray for you right now, right? Just took a second. It doesn't take more than like a couple minutes. But if we took a moment and we said, dude, I'm going to pray for you, right? I'm making a decision to do that. And the last thing is just, is just presence. Like, God's greatest gift to us is his gift of his presence. What if we could give our presence, right? We could gift it to the people in this place, right? Like, his armor bearer didn't have to go with him. Like, what Jonathan said is true. Like, by few or by many. He could have just been like, Jonathan, by few or by many. Good luck, man. Right? But he's like, no, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you. I'm going to go with you. Right? I'm going to be with you. Right? Chris was like, let's go to Missions Peak at 10.30 p.m. All right, let's do it. I'm with you. Right? The greatest gift that we can give to this community is our presence. That's why we say, like, you know, some people are like, you know, I'm just going to miss Sunday, and it's okay. Like, I don't have to be here. But no, actually, you being here, it actually does something. It, like, it changes. Right? Like, there's something that's missing when you're not here. Right? And it's something that changes when you are here. Right? The gift of our presence. I know I talked a lot about a lot of different things, but I think this is the key. And maybe this is, if there's one takeaway that you could take with you, this is, this is the thing, okay? The key is this. How I love people and the manner that I love people, the way that I love people, it's actually, actually an indicator of my love for God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's a reason why Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And second is like this, is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's kind of like faith and works, like, we've read in the Bible, like, faith without works is dead, right? There's a whole argument, like, well, do you need to do works? No, like, the way it works is when you have faith, like, faith comes first, right? And then you have works. It just flows out of your faith. It should just flow. Like, if you have faith, works should flow out of that place. But you know what? Like, your works, it can kind of reflect on your faith also, right? The reason why if there's no works and your faith is dead is because there's something not right here. Right? In the same way, it's like if I'm unable to love the people around me, if I'm unable to love people well, it kind of says something to like, where you are with God. Yeah. Right? Like, are you, do you love God? It says in 1 John 4.20, it says, for he, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Mm. Right? How can you say that you love God? Mm. Like, you, don't, you can't see him, but there's this person right in front of me. And I'm like, I don't love this person, but I love God. Right? <laughs> just doesn't work. And Jesus, like, kind of shares this, too. In John 21, you know, this is after he's been crucified. Peter's denied him three times. Peter goes back to his fishing, doing whatever he used to do, and he sees Jesus. And Jesus comes to him, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, of course I do. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, worship me. Get on your knees, right? He says, feed my sheep. He says again, Peter, do you love me? Of course. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things, right? Feed my sheep. For Jesus, loving him is intrinsically connected to loving on his people, right? He's loving his people. And this is the thing, like Jesus, he loved the Father so much. He loved him so much. He loved the Father so much that he was able to love us so much. <laughs> it seems like a crazy, crazy thing, but because Jesus loved the Father so much, he was able to love us, right? Even to love us to death on a cross, right? Even in the moment in his greatest anguish where he's like, Lord, take this cup from me. If it's in your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will, right? And he's like, I can do it because I love the Father. 
I love the Father so much. Amen. His heart's cry was, Father, I'm with you, heart and soul. Amen. I'm just going to do this. Um, Well, I'm going to end with that. <laughs> um, I'm going to end with this, and someone can come play the keys. Um, I just want us to close our eyes and just take a moment. Oh. What? I guess for me, the, the question is, what would it look like for this house To say, God, I'm with you heart and soul. Right? And I think that's kind of the one that we talk about most. It's like, God, I'm with you heart and soul. Show me what it looks like to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. God, what does it look like? It's a little easier because it's like, I know God is worthy. I know God is deserving. Right? He's worthy of my everything. But also, what does it look like for us to say, man, in my community, I'm with you heart and soul. If those two are two very similar things, what would it look like for us to say, I'm with you heart and soul? To the person sitting next to us, I don't really know you. I don't know you that well in the natural. But I know you in the spirit. And because I know you in the spirit, I can say I'm with you heart and soul. It's actually really uncomfortable, even for the person receiving. But what would it look like for a community to say, man, I'm with you heart and soul? You know, it says, the world will know that you are my disciples in the way that you love one another, right? Like my heart's cry is that Living Hope would not just be a place that's known because God's presence is here, but that there is a love. There is a community that loves. If you're struggling, you can go because the presence of God is there, but also there is a community they're present there. You can go and they're with you. They stand with you. Right? What if every person that walked through these doors, they never felt alone? They just knew that there was someone who was standing with you. Right? When you walk in through these doors, to see someone and to have them look you in the eyes and say, I'm with you. I'm with you. Whatever you're going through, Whatever you're doing, I'm with you. I'm with you, heart and soul. What would that look like for us, right? And I guess that's my invitation. It's like, I, I just feel like in this season, it's not one or the other. I don't think it's a question of, can you do one? Can you do the other? It's a question of, can you do both? They're connected. I can't say I love God, but not love my brother or sister. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this place. God, would you open our eyes to see you, 
but also to see the people that we are standing together with. God, would you, would you cause our hearts to be aligned with yours? God, to realize that your heart is not so that we can have an amazing service. God, you didn't come to die so that we can have powerful worship services. But God, so that we could know you. God, so that we could know one another. God, you've given us this community. God, you've given us one another, God. And you've called us to love and to love extravagantly, to love like Christ. God, to love like you. And God, you loved us to death. God, you were literally willing to die for us. God, would you teach us how to love in that kind of way? God, would you teach us how to say, I'm with you, heart and soul? God, would you teach us, God, how to lay down our own priorities, my wants, my desires? God, but to say to the person next to us, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, not by our own strength, God, but by your strength, Lord. Yeah, God, so I just speak your strength over every person in this house. And God, I just want to speak over every person in this room that feels alone. Maybe there are some people in here who feel like, man, I want that I want that presence I want to be in that community and honestly there are some people in this room who felt that for a long time God first God would you make your presence known to them God that you love them God that you've drawn them to this place and that they may come to know you God to know your love to know it abundantly God to know, God, that your love is extravagant. God, that you lavish your love upon them. God, that you want to be with them. But also, God, to know that there are people here that want to be with them. Yes, God, would you awaken us to your heart? God, we thank you. thank you for what you're doing in this house. God, we thank you in this season that you're raising us up, not just individually, but as a community. God, teaching us how to love beyond ourselves. God, not with our own strength, but God, by your strength, Lord. So God, we thank you for what you're doing. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.